0: Well, good morning. I'd like to recognize uh, Sherry Lyon. She is our children's minister. She, she directs our children's ministry. She's going to read scripture for us this morning, so we're glad you've tuned in.
1: Good morning. Yes, for our online worship service, I would like to begin with reading from God's Word. Psalms 46, 1 through 3 and 10 through 11. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the sea, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil. Stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on earth. The Lord of the armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Kids, we will be hosting a virtual BBS this summer. So mark your calendars for July 20th through the 22nd. There'll be more information coming soon. Please join me as we worship together this morning.
0: Good morning, I'm David Dale. I am Minister of Music here at Broadway Baptist. We're delighted that you have joined our online service this morning. You know, I've talked about some hymns in the past, some of the writers of hymns, and oftentimes hymns are written during times of trial and tribulation. Sometimes writers write hundreds of hymns, but this morning we're gonna sing a hymn written by a pastor's wife in Pittsburgh in 1943, right in the height of World War II. And she had a chime on her mantle, a chime on her clock that was on her mantle. You know the thing, ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> she used that and turned it into a hymn that we know. And it's a great hymn, it's called In Times Like These. So join with us as we sing together in times like these.
2: In times like these, you need a savior. In times like these. Jesus is yes, the one. This rock is Jesus.
0: hope you'll join and listen as Glenn Dawson plays on his saxophone, Because He Lives. Join us again as we sing, Oh Magnify the Lord.
2: i Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise or say? Will find there.
0: All right, now I'd like for you to listen to our choir sing the Morning Trumpet.
3: Welcome to our morning worship service. We're so glad you're able to join us online. Um, uh, it's an exciting time. This is our actually our last online-only service. So, beginning next Sunday. Next Sunday is Memorial Day weekend. If you feel comfortable, you are certainly you and your family are encouraged to come and worship. Now, we will have these boxes all over the place. You'll be given, if these are face masks here, you'll, you'll receive your face mask. Uh, also, I want to keep in mind that uh, there's no, no nursery, no children's church, so uh, children will be sitting with their families. We are planning children's sermon. Uh, actually, children's sermon will be going on the whole summer. How we're going to do it, we'll be part of a service to children They have to practice social distancing which will be somewhat unusual, but it will be in the choir loft, so the folks online will be able to see and in person. So that will be going on for next, uh, next Sunday with that. Uh, be praying about it if you think that's uh, something for you. We are uh, cleaning the church. It's getting prepared for uh, reopening. So it's been, I think, 10 Sundays like this. And I'm uh, very excited uh, about next week as well. So I hope you and your family are as, as well with that. A couple other administrative things I want to mention. Church offices do open this coming Wednesday. Well our Sunday school directors have already put out their Sunday school books. So when you come you can stop by the office or you can just call the office and Miss Brenda, Miss Jennifer can mail you your Sunday school book. This is for the summer quarter beginning in June. Um, or when you're here, if you happen to be here next week you can just stop by your Sunday school room and pick it up. So this is here from Jeff Harris's Sunday school class. You're going to be studying um, the two topics for Bible studies for life are living with hope in a broken world. That's a great study for the, this quarantine season. And then, why do I need the church? What a great study. Why do I need the church this summer to be studying in Sunday school? Now, we will not have in-person Sunday school until Sunday, August 16th. So we have, if you're on my weekly email list, you'll be seeing about several of the different options we have from Zoom to YouTube, but just if you can, this is dated material, you can go through your Sunday school book at home and just study on your own with your Bible. So I do want to definitely encourage you, as well as the children, you, we have children's Sunday school books, so parents, I hope you're going through Sunday school lessons with your children. You can also be picking up all your materials uh, this week, or we'll mail to you, or just Next Sunday, if you're here, you can certainly uh, pick that up. I want to encourage you in your faithfulness. Um, Maybe some of the guys there in Sound Booth, if you're ever going to put a link to our online giving and that text-to-give number, that's a great way. God has sustained us uh, mightily during this quarantine, social distancing season. Uh, Because of your faithfulness, our offerings have been very encouraging, even when we're not even passing the plates. Folks have been mailing in their offering. Folks have been doing the text to give. Folks have been giving online. So it is a blessing and encouraging for, for that. And I do want to say thank you for that. Also, there's a bulletin. Some of the guys there can li- link the little bulletin so you can follow along. So while you go ahead and turn in your Bibles, you gather around uh, the, 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 the TV or the Internet at home. Open up in your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. And I tell you, you're watching this on faith. This is live. We're right here in Sanctuary. I want you to share this. You share this on your Facebook account because right now, because people who are tuning in will see and that's how you do outreach and evangelism. You can reach people and you can let folks know that they need to um, uh, tune in and participate in our live worship service. You, you never know who who will click play, and they'll they'll be listening to God's word preached and proclaimed with that. And this is a message, I believe, that's going to speak to all of us today. We are going through the book of Philippians here this month of May. And it's a unique book because it's a book that was written by Paul while he was sitting in a Roman, Roman jail. A lot of times in isolation, God does great miracles and does mighty things in our life you think about some of the great events that happened while in jail and in isolation. First, we have Philippians. This book was such a book of joy for someone sitting in a Roman jail. Think about the book of Revelation. You've been hearing a lot about Revelation right now, end times. You turn on the TV and you're seeing uh, folks going through series of Revelation, tra- tying in COVID-19 with uh, biblical prophecy. Listen, we just want to be ready. We never know when Jesus is going to split the eastern sky. Our job is to be faithful to the Lord. Our job is to be um, stewards of what God has given us. And we use every opportunity we can to give and to share the goodness of the Lord. And the goodness of the Lord is Jesus saves. But I want you to know John, who wrote the book of Revelation, he did so while in exile. He was in prison in a little uh, island called Patmos in the Aegean Sea. He was in isolation, and God gave him a vision of something that was going to happen thousands and thousands of years, at least already 2,000 now, years down the road. So, you never know what happens for us. You know, I think in even more contemporary context, y'all know I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, Uh, Martin Luther King in 1963 was arrested in April. He was arrested because... He was considered an agitator. He was stirring up trouble there in Alabama in the city. And he was sitting in the Birmingham City Jail alone. And he got a copy of the Birmingham News. My, my dad retired from the Birmingham News. In fact, I think in my second job, I was a little copy clerk back when the folks worked for newspapers out for the Birmingham News. And he got a copy of that. And he read the, uh, letters, one of the letters to the ed- editors there in the opinion section of the news and it was from eight white clergymen there in the city that were calling for unity and the way they defined unity is they were asking reverend king to leave the city and leave the state because it was causing so much many problems there with social unrest and the best thing they suggested to do is we have an upcoming election we'll have the vote and people will vote And then that will determine the policies for segregation or desegregation will come from the election. But in the meantime, the civil unrest, these problems that Dr. King and his associates were causing, they need to leave. And they were trying to basically use the word unity And in many ways, to promote or to continue segregation. They were doing that. Well, he wrote that famed letter from the letter from the Birmingham jail, which calls for. And it was really a running theme through the whole civil rights movement, even today. And the theme is delayed justice, meaning kicking the can down the road, dealing with Racial problems. Dealing with issues that need to be dealt with now. Delayed justice is no justice. When you refuse to address justice issues. It's it's essentially no justice. And that was in isolation. He wrote that letter in a jail cell. And that was the theme throughout the civil rights movement. So we see... And many times, periods of social isolation that you are in right now, periods of quarantine, God speaks to us, God works through us, and we can certainly, and we do, experience the Lord. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 12. Bible says here, Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to, talk, we're going to come back and spend some time talking about this verse. What does it mean, fear and trembling, to work out our salvation? What, we're saved by God's grace. How do we work through our salvation? So we're gonna, that's one of the main questions we're going to answer. And today our theme, what I want God to speak to you this morning, via online worship, is that despite you being isolated, despite you living the past two, two and a half months in extremely unusual circumstances, the Bible actually tells us you can shine as a star now. All Sherry and I were talking about that phrase, shine as a star, this week in preparation for this. And it does sound a little hokey, shine as a star. And that's something, um, you know, when you were a, a child in first, second, third grade, you get a little star, says you, you did A for effort, or you're a shooting or shining star so, such as that. But what we're going to see here is that our lives, the main point I believe God has for us, our lives, how we live by an example that is very holy and honorable to the Lord, it actually will draw and point people and shine light on God and on Jesus Christ. And that's what happened, I believe, here with Paul. This man's sitting in jail, and he's literally overflowing his life filled with joy. When people call you right now, is there joy and excitement in your voice? Are you excited about the slow reopening of our state in this nation? Some places in New York, they've got a long way till they reopen. They're still in total lockdown. They're still shut down there. I'm very, it's, a, it's a blessing that next Sunday you'll be able to come to church. I was thinking about this week, this past ten week, Sundays, I've been preaching to empty pews. Next week, David Dell, I'll be preaching. I'll look out there, and, and this is what it will look like. With everybody, I mean, it will be definitely unusual times. Now that's now dirty. I can't put that back in the box. <laughs> so <laughs> that's gonna be my face mask next week. But I mean, it's gonna you just you can't get more unusual looking around, and go, gosh. Y'all, y- 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 you could be making fun of me, making faces, and nobody will know. You don't even have to smile for a picture. So, um, but the, I share this because this is your season. That instead of griping and complaining about, and there's a lot to be complaining about right now, this is a time that Christ wants you in this period of social isolation to shine as a star, to be pointing people to Christ. I was calling folks yesterday in our church. And I'm not going to say who. I made a round of phone calls last, last evening. And I spoke to a sweet lady in Miss Cheryl Biddle's Sunday school class. She hasn't been here church in ten Sundays. And she said, Pastor, I had a dream this week. And my dream was that I came back to Sunday school. And our attendance had doubled. There were, it was packed People were just eager and excited and just couldn't wait to come back to church because they've been absent and gone and worshiping in their living room and at home for so long. And she said, sweet lady said, Daniel, you know, I guess I just, I'm just so hungry to come back into God's, God's house. I'm having dreams of the church being overflowed with people. And I hope that is your prayer as well. And I hope you this summer... Don't let this be a wasted summer. If you feel comfortable, you are welcome to come here. If you feel safe, you're welcome. We'll wear our masks, we'll practice social distancing, Ed's in the church, but it's an opportunity that we want to reassure you that our building, the environment we will provide, will be one of safety. We never want anyone to get the coronavirus. But I share this also. Even if you're not quite ready to come yet, you need to remember God's plan. Even amidst social distancing, social isolation, you can shine as a star. Keep going here in your Bible. Verse, verse 13. For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. God has a good purpose amidst this COVID-19 season. God has a plan. A rev- the revival winds could be blowing here in our, co- our nation. People are thinking, it's really causing people to ask the question, what is my purpose? What's my plan? What does God want for me right now? And the Lord's purpose for believers is a good purpose. Now remember, this section of Scripture that we just are reading, if you remember, he talked about in verse 12, he used the word dear friends, meaning it's to believers. He's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to the saved. He's writing to folks who are believers and who know the Lord. Verse 14. It goes on to say do everything without grumbling and argued. Arguing. Have you grumbled about anything? Anything this morning? Have you been in any arguments at home? Have you been felt like you're about to pull your hair out? If you need a haircut, you can pull it out if you do. That's a way to get rid of it. Why? I think the barbershops, David, they open after the churches do. So it won't be long that folks will be able to get a, get a haircut, get the quarantine haircut, if you shave your head. But look at what verse 15 says. So that, look at this, this is the main verse, and this is what the Bible's telling us that we need, we need to be blameless. So that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation. That is our world today. Christ is calling us that even among, there's all this perversion, all this distrust, a lot of lying, stealing. Christ is calling us. He's not calling us to be sinless. There is a difference from being sinless. Only Jesus was sinless. But look at this word that's used. He's calling you and I to a blameless life. That means somebody can look at our life and go, do you know that man tells the truth? That woman, she actually does what she's going to say. She's not dishonest. They don't steal. He doesn't lie. If Their word actually means something. They are genuinely blameless people. You can't look at them and find fault. I think of Brother Jim Hurd. He stopped by the office this week. Some of you hear that and think he shouldn't be out at all. He's probably getting cabin fever like all of us here. You put your mask on and go out. But he lives a blameless life. He he has a life with clean hands. And the Bible is calling us. He's calling you also. He's saying you can live blameless. Not sinless, blameless. There's a difference. You know, we are sinful, fallen people. Our fallen nature that started with the garden, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, it, the seed runs through today. But our sanctification process, meaning becoming like God, the holiness, this is why Paul is sitting in jail and he can call with joy and excitement for other folks to live a faultless, faultless life among a crooked and perverted generation. Say, Why is Paul in jail? Do you know why Paul was even in jail? He was in jail because he was preaching the gospel. Martin Luther King was in that Birmingham jail because he was fighting for racial equality. He was locked up because he was considered an agitator. Look what it goes on to say. This is why Christ calls us to live a blameless life. Among whom you shine like stars in the world. There it is. We are called to shine like a star. How do you shine like a star? Your life, a blameless life, a life of holiness, of sanctification, a life that wakes up on Sunday morning, and say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Look at verse 16. We've got three more verses here. By, by holding firm to the word of life. Christ calls us. We hold firm. We don't, we, don't, we don't let go. Then I can boast. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. Meaning, He worked for the Lord. He did not throw in the tower. Verse 17. But even if I am poured out As a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. That's written from a man sitting in a jail cell. So I want to bring us back to that very first verse in verse 12. Look here. Do you have your Bibles? Philippians 2, 12. Therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but more in my absence, I mean, Paul's not there. He's in jail. You need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, that phrase, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You are saved. We are saved by the grace of God. We respond to the gospel. You ask Jesus into your life. You can get saved at home in your living room, in your bedroom right now. You give your life to Christ. You accept the forgiveness that he offers. That is biblical salvation. You never earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do. Christ has already done the work on the cross. We respond. And now the response is a little different. It's a digital response. You respond, you send us a message on the church Facebook page, and we'll get in touch with you. We'll tell you how how to be a disciple and how to grow in your faith. But this word here says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That phrase, fear and trembling. How do I, in 2020, I've been a believer for over 20 years, how do I work out my salvation with fear and trembling? Well, I think the fear is, what we see here, and this is really applicable for the quarantine period with coronavirus. We are to have a fear for the Lord. We're to fear God. All throughout the Psalms and Proverbs, it commands us to fear the Lord. When we sin, when we as believers, when we are disobedient to this this book right here, when we break God's law, the Bible says there are consequences for our sin. Now, we don't lose our salvation, but prayers go unanswered. Not only that, we don't, we don't experience the joy. We don't experience excitement. You can obviously develop an attitude that's very negative. But what, hap- what Christ is speaking to us is that one of the ways to live a blameless, pure life is to have an appropriate fear of the Lord. So we, we are aware. Now, we don't live in fear. We live in the joy of the Lord. But we need to understand that He has put guardrails around our lives. There should be guardrails with our language. We just don't go off and say whatever is on our mind. You should not just go off on Facebook. Or on Twitter and give your opinion about everything and everyone. I want you to know if you're critical of governmental leaders. If you're critical of those that the Lord, even though you didn't vote for, maybe. In many ways, you can lose your witness publicly when you do that. We have no clue who's reading our stuff. Who's watching your life. Someone could be thinking about Maybe visiting this church or beginning to read their Bible. And because of some of the things you've said, you could possibly lose that witness. So there needs to be a fear of the Lord that ultimately, mine and your life, we answer to Jesus. He is the one I give my life an account to. But not only that, he uses the word trembling. Now, many of you, because of the coronavirus, are trembling. And you have a great fear because of this quarantine season. But I don't think necessarily that's what Paul's talking about. Because we need to remember, Paul is already in jail. He's sitting in a Roman jail, writing a letter. And he doesn't even know if he's going to get out. He has no clue what his future holds. We don't know what our future holds. Guys, what if this coronavirus goes on for years? What if this continues on and it gets worse? We have no clue. Church, what we've always done, David and I were talking about it. Trips, getting 40 people on a bus. You know, folks might not feel comfortable going out in public. It, I mean, this could be the, this could be the new norm. Every, I mean, you know, I'm a handshaker, we might not be shaking hands. I, it's one of these things, there's a lot of unknowns with that. But I want you all to know, because of the coronavirus, we do not live in fear and trembling. You should not be scared. If you are a believer, if you've accepted the blood of Jesus on the cross... You are not, because this is not the fear and trembling that we, do you know who we should be afraid of? Jesus tells us whom we should be afraid of. Jesus uh, one time sent out his uh, disciples and his apostles. They went out and they started performing miracles, and demons were being delivered. And all of a sudden they report back to Jesus. They're like, Jesus. Even the demons submitted in your name. Like, they responded to the name of Jesus. They could not believe it. I've never been able to see such exorcisms by the name and the word of Jesus Christ is what they were saying. And his response was, hey, you don't need to fear. Don't fear that. You need to fear the one, God. Who has the authority to throw demons into hell. And to throw us into hell. Like, God, our, there's a, there should be a reverence for the Lord. That He has created me. He has saved me. And the rest of my life, the rest of my time, whether I'm free, whether I'm in a Roman jail, if I'm in a Birmingham jail, or if I'm in coronavirus jail... Wherever you're locked up at, you are called to live for the Lord. That is the fear. No matter what your life situation, no matter how bad things are for you, no matter what Christ unique circumstances you are in, financial, family circumstances. We have this we have a reverence, we have a respect for the Lord that transcends anything this this earth has to offer. And that is what it means by, he's saying, you don't get just fire insurance when you're saved. Your salvation, you are now to live a blameless and holy life. You live in a reverence of the Lord. Here at our church, we want to come here and we want to honor the Lord. Next Sunday, we will honor and worship the Lord in person. But we also respect the government. That's the reason why, because of Governor Bashir. that's why we're opening next week. We honor the Lord, we respect the government. That's the principles we live by as believers. And, and that, that for us, we don't fear the government, we're not in trembling of the coronavirus. Listen, if, if we pass away, if you die... Remember, your last breath on earth is your first breath in heaven. To be away from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, you want to be wise. You want to wear your mask. You want to wash your hands. But at the same time, you cannot go about your life, the rest of your life, in complete fear and trembling. Trembling. We trust our lives in the Lord's hand. In many ways, every time you hop in your car and you drive down the highway, you're actually trusting your life in the Lord's hands. You have no clue what's going to happen. No idea. We walk down the hallway. We could have at any moment a heart attack and pass away and be in the presence of Jesus. Just like that. We know story after story. We had a funeral in our church family this past week on Thursday at 1 o'clock. This Diana Jett, 73 years old. I mean, just a few weeks ago, she was watching on this online po- uh, broadcast, making comments, talking to me. And now she's watching from heaven. I, mean, she's, I don't know if she's watching from heaven, but she's watching the Lord in heaven. She would I be mean, watching Broadway Baptist Church online in heaven. But um, that is what we see here. Christ is calling you and I. Now I want to tell you about... I want to give you an example about someone who did not work out his salvation with fear and trembling. You know, this past week, I was preparing for this, and this is really interesting. Charles Darwin, in 1859, he published a book called On the Origin of Species, and it was the introduction of natural selection and the evolutionary process. Charles Darwin claimed to be an agnostic. That means he didn't know whether or not God existed. He's right there with the atheists. I mean, so he's, he, um, he brought a whole change in many ways to science today. But if you read his background information, Charles Darwin did not start out that way as an evolutionist. In fact, he was born there in England. He received uh, he was born in a wealthy home. And he was actually, at one point in his life, in his early 20s, he was going to be an England minister. Do you all know that? He was in training. He went off to school. He was going to be a clergyman. He goes to the University of Cambridge, and he was introduced some, to some biologist. He was introduced to science, scientists and under some professors. And then he went on a tour around the world. He actually sailed a ship around the world and I believe it was the like 1840s. And he went into South America, into Brazil, into Peru, into Chile. And he was studying plants and animals, biology. And he went on into New Zealand. He just kept on sailing around the world. And he came back from that voyage. He comes back, a man who went off to college, preparing for the ministry. Goes off, meets Professor so and so, is introduced to some scientific teaching, goes off on some trips somewhere to try to study evolution and biology. And he comes back to England. Questioning God. Questioning the Bible. Questioning what he had been taught as a child. Because it was interesting, if you read his early writings when he was going into ministry, Charles Darwin believed the Bible. He quoted Scripture. And by the time he was 26 years old, what he was taught as a young man he abandoned in his mid-twenties. And this is what's tragic about him. He was married, and they had ten children. Three of them died at a young age, him and his wife. They lost several children. But one of his little girls was named Annie. She was 11 years old, and she got scarlet fever, and she died. And that really affected him mightily. He never really recovered. And he asked the hard questions. Why God? Why did this happen? Why would a God, if God is so good, why would he take my 11-year-old daughter? But his wife continued to go to church while Darwin was a professor at the university there. And that he, she would bring the children to church. And do you know what he would do? Mr. Darwin, on Sunday mornings, while the, his whole family went to church, he would take a walk. Because he says, I can't go to church. Because that, that makes no sense. I don't, I don't believe at all what they are teaching and what I used to believe. So while Mama and the kids go to worship, they're going for a walk. And what happened to Mr. Darwin, and then kind of the rest is history for his life. He just goes down a dark path of evolution. And he's uh, obviously a college professor and has many books and writings that basically rationalize our world as saying we evolved into humans. And that started a trajectory of uh, atheism and evolution that even continues to today. Mr. Darwin, in his early 20s, If you would have caught that man, he would have told you he was a believer in this book right here. And he loved the Lord. He even was baptized in the Church of England. Five years later, all what he had learned had shifted. And he then believed in science and biology. And I believe for us, we need to understand this Phrase here. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. If you are not rooted in Jesus Christ, if He is not your rock, if you don't understand what it means to be saved, you're saved by the grace of God for the purpose of serving the Lord the rest of your life, being a shining star, you will move to Lexington, Kentucky... You'll come up here from Clinton County, Kentucky in the county seat of Albany. You'll come off to our fine university down this road right here and you'll meet Professor So-and-So. And And Professor So-and-So will teach you and tell you, oh, young man, you've learned this at your local Baptist church, but this is what the enlightenment is. This is the proper teaching. This is the way you should live your life. And if you're not grounded In biblical truth and salvation, you can find yourself going down the same road and lifestyle Mr. Darwin did. No one would actually publicly say it, but you're essentially doing it. The man went to Cambridge as a Christian, came out as an evolutionary scientist. And you say, what happened? What happened? Mr. Darwin wasn't saved. He had not worked out his salvation. Biblical salvation is having a reverence and a respect here for the Lord. Realizing without the Lord, without Jesus, without the cross here, I'm nothing. I'm saved by Jesus. That's how Paul can sit in a Roman jail with an unethical arrest and with joy write letters to the folks there. The church in Philippi. And Christ today is asking you, have you worked out your salvation? Are you saved? Do you have an assurance that if you came and sat under Professor so and so, if your child dies, and I only tell you, husbands, if you're sending your family to church and you stay at home, You are actually in the same camp as Charles Darwin. The man went on a walk while his kids and wife went to church at the Church of England there in London. And he's on a walk because he couldn't believe it. By you staying home watching football, you're doing the exact same thing as the greatest evolutionary scientist in the history of the world is doing. Christ is calling us to work out our salvation. You need to know that you should have a respect and reverence for the Lord he saved you, he sustained you, and he wants you to shine as a star. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want you to respond to the gospel. David Dell is going to come forward. He's going to, we're going to have a closing song here, and I hope to see some of y'all next Sunday at 10 a.m. If you want to get saved this morning, I want you to bow your heads and repeat after me Dear Jesus, you alone save. Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, help me have a fear and trembling of You. Jesus, I give You my life all the way to eternity. Lord, seal me this morning. Save me forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Listen, if you prayed and received Jesus... You said that prayer in your living room or your home. I want to hear from you. You send us a message, and we will be getting in touch with you about what it means to be a follower and a disciple of Jesus. David.
0: Thank you, Pastor Daniel. Thank you for that wonderful message. We're going to sing a song, He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Join us again next Sunday.